0: Midwives dissecting life and talking shit. This is Head on View. Issued by the Society of Radical Midwives.
1: Hello, and welcome to Head on View. I'm Carly. I'm Laura. And I'm Penny. Yay! We have Penny. We haven't seen Penny for a long time. So, Penny, catch us up. Everything. You you're now married?
2: Yes, been married for oh my God. Four months.
1: How long did you have
2: to postpone your wedding for? Yeah, two years. Since yeah, 2020. But there was like no COVID protocols at all when you got married? No, nothing at all. No QR code, no nothing, no mask. Amazing.
0: It was a lot of fun and it was just such a pretty place as well. I believe it was four months ago. It's just it's crazy.
1: Same job. Nothing else has changed.
2: Actually, so I became permanent at one council and resigned from the other. So I'm just a casual now. Really? Yeah. yeah. So the other council sweet. is closer to home. So I can get up at 7.30 instead of 6 now.
1: Wouldn't go back to hospital? No oh, way, man. That's great. As for me, <laughs> you'll see. So I went overseas and... Very excited to leave the country. And uh, I think there wasn't really that much difference. So apart from the fact we had to get a COVID test within 24 hours of flying, we just got one at the airport because I was like, that's easy. And it was really simple. They had a little kind of tent thing set up like right outside the airport. Got your swabs. Within 15 minutes, we got the results, both negative. I'd read so many forums though where people were saying they had to wait ages and everything. So we got to the airport so early. so like our flight was at 4.30 in the afternoon and it's fine to Sydney and we just stayed in a hotel overnight. So as soon as we checked out of our hotel at 10 o'clock, we went to the airport, got our swab and then... And then you had to wait because the flight doesn't open to check in until at least four hours before. We just had to sit around for a bit and then we just had to print things out. So like when you go to America, you have to have a Nesta, which is like the visa. And when I went to America pre-COVID, it was just like electronic, like it was just linked to your passport. And then this time they just wanted to see it on a bit of paper. And then you had to fill out what's called an attestation form, which is basically just ticking saying you don't have COVID. I had to wear a mask on the plane, which was a bit annoying. And we flew Jetstar because it was very cheap. So, you know, my expectations aren't that high because it was Jetstar, but the flight was absolutely rammed, like packed. You know, you get into Hawaii at like six in the morning and it was oh. time and like everything. We got all our bags and got to the hotel. It was like 8 a.m. And I'd emailed before him, I was like, oh, if we could have early check in, that'd be great. And then they were like, no, sorry, your room's not ready. So we went to Hawaii it was 20 years ago. So, so, so different pen. Like obviously most places changed, but a lot busier. So places like Honolulu is now like so much built up, a lot busier. And then places sort of like we went to the North Shore, where previously there was like nothing there. Now there's like a few little things there. So we did a couple of islands. We did Oahu and the big island. For anyone who doesn't know, my husband had like a house sitting dog pet sitting business. So he got some house sitting which was great because then we spent three weeks on a big island, like not having to pay for accommodation. Amazing. And he was looking after dogs. And we actually were like, we should stay longer. And then we had a look at flights, but we just knew, like, I'm going to WA, so I knew I had to be back for a certain date. And there wasn't any flights that we could change that fitted in with our schedule. Beautiful weather all day, beautiful beach. Kind of like reminded me of Tassie, but with good weather. You know, because it's like the mountains, the beach, and it's kind of got that small yeah, town. Yeah. yeah, but just like the weather was just beautiful every day. And it was so nice after working sort of like really hardcore for over a year. You go to the Cheesecake Factory there. Yes, did get Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> really did get cheesecake. <laughs> all, all the um, important yeah. questions. So places like the Cheesecake, like at all these sort of really popular venues, the queues are just insane. Like you get there and then they go, oh, okay, it's like a two-hour wait for a tank and things like that like this just blows my mind what? I know I was like I'm not waiting to ask for a table a
0: post-covid thing because now people are traveling like- yeah
1: maybe maybe but cool. oh it's just real busy all the time but we Perfect. kind of went in the cheesecake factory at like 9:30 at night when people <laughs> were eating dinner so it was like cool we just walked straight in and got a table yeah
0: and then you're back to work soon
1: yeah back to work soon so I am doing the big drive. I'm in New South Wales and then we're going to drive over to Perth which I've estimated will take us about two weeks. That's we're about six hours driving again. Yeah 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 wow. that's
0: a hefty drive.
1: Because we basically don't have a home and all our stuff in our car <laughs> I was like well ha- what's the point of fly? because if we fly we're going to want to have a car when we get there and then we don't know where we're going next. So mm. it's it just kind of made sense to To drive, I just easy out to drive. Have all that stuff. Yeah. Do you have a job in Perth or so in in the actual city? There isn't really any contracts. So what I've had to do is sign up with an agency, and they do casual shifts. So a bit like when I was in Melbourne, and I'd do casual agency shifts, and I they'd be like, oh, I can work like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you'd go to any of the private hospitals. So it's like that in Perth, the agency I've signed up with. So then it's the same, but they can do block booking. So then I can be like, oh, so for this week, book me for shifts, like, you know, five days a week or whatever. And then they'll try and book you at the same hospital. But if not, there's like three private hospitals I work across, which is fine. It will be casual, not a contract, but that's okay. But something that did come up that I was not aware of. So if you want to work within WA, and this is across anywhere of WA, and you've worked outside of the state within the last 12 months you have to be swabbed for mrsa and then when i went to the doctor today and i was like okay so i need bloods for mrsa and he was like mrsa he's like that's not a blood test in my head i was like it's not a blood test is it i don't know if you guys have ever done it because you didn't work that much in the nursery so whenever you worked within the special care nursery if a baby was readmitted from the community you had to do mrsa swabs on the baby well you did officially you were meant to maybe people didn't so then I went and got my bloods and then I had to get like the TB because I hadn't had the TB test for ages either and then when I was there I was like well I may as well get all my other bloods so then I was like oh can you just run all my other bloods like vitamin D, iron, B12, TFTs. He was just like "Whoa." And I said, oh, look, I don't eat meat. I said, I've been deficient in these things in the past. So I just get my bloods test yearly because I don't want to be taking like supplements if I don't need to. And then I had to go in the whole. He's like, oh, why are you testing your thyroid function? And I was like, oh God, I was like, I feel like I've just come in and started bossing you around. <laughs> so I got all my bloods lined up, which is good. So I went and got those done and then I had to get the booster because in WA you have to have the booster, the COVID booster to work, and I'd only had the two shots. Yep. So I went and got the booster, and then went and got my flu shot because I hadn't had that either. So I had it all today. I had COVID booster, flu vaccine, and a whole bunch of blood tests and a groin swab. Did they let you
0: get the COVID booster and the flu vaccine on the same day?
1: Yeah, same time. You just have to have it in different arms. Oh, Okay. You just stand there and like, pull down your pants and they just go in like the bit in between Oh my like, god, I I'm can't. You. I've done it to many a baby. I've groin to many a baby. It's fine. But it it's funny because the next she was like, Oh, are you all right just doing it like here? And I was like, Yeah, fine. You have your undies on and everything, so That's
0: so, so funny.
1: Nice. Well that's been exciting for you, Carly. And I guess the thing is I haven't worked now for like I don't even know how long, maybe two months
0: you're not gonna you're gonna get <laughs> yeah I'm not really looking forward to
1: back yeah. to work like I've done a bit of marking and stuff but I mean really is that work so it's like interesting on the news today all of us used to work at a hospital in Melbourne oh and I did see that yeah did you see that didn't born in the car park outside that happens all the time there I know I know i f- i know and I feel like that happens quite regularly. But I guess That's someone. News. I've <laughs> delivered four babies in that car park. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, someone actually got this one on camera and then it must have been like sent to yeah. some news anyway, sent
0: to some news. They'll blame it on COVID or something. What about you, Laura? Any news? Well, I got a permanent job at a private hospital. So as moving... a lactation consultant? Yeah, as a lactation consultant. So three days a week there and then I've just gone casual at the public hospital I'm at Mm -hmm. which was harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be you know you have to have a conversation with someone and it's just I just follow the rules and follow the steps and everything yeah and casual works for me there because then I can choose one or two days a week or whatever suits me or you know I can choose one week if I'm you know I can't work or something like that so I know I have permanent work at the other place other than that, I did go to Townsville, which is up North Queensland, for those of you who don't know, Australia. <laughs> and I loved it so much. I wanted to visit a friend of mine who lives up there. And I loved it so much that I, whilst I was there, I rebooked another trip in August to bring my kids there. I loved it so much that I would consider living there. Oh, really? Oh, wow. It made me realize how fast-paced we are in Melbourne. Like when I got back, I was just like, why is everyone in such a rush? Why is everyone just needs to calm the yeah. fuck down?
1: Yeah, I feel you. I've kind of been embracing the small towns. I realize
0: how much of it actually affects my attitude and my day-to-day life and how I deal with my kids and how I deal with people in general. There's something about Townsville. It's sort of busy, but it's not too busy. Everyone loves a chat. Everyone's really friendly. There's tons of army boys to look at just for fun. My husband's like, you're a fucking creep. And I was like, yeah, I know. And it's just a nice, it's a really nice feeling. And I didn't realize, I think the last two years, especially with COVID and lockdown, how wound up I, when I got there, and even when I was there for about four or five days. And when I came back, I slept better. I just felt like a weight had been taken off my shoulders and I'm like, I I go to work and I'm like, you know, I don't, if someone rushes me at work, I'm like, no, don't rush me. I would benefit from uh, living in a place like that. Maybe not during cyclone season. The only problem (laughs) I have with North Queensland is whenever you ask someone from North Queensland about crocodiles, they don't give you a definitive answer. I'm like, are there crocodiles on this beach? And they go, oh no, oh, well, maybe, yeah, no, oh, well. And I'm like, okay, if you can't tell me (laughs) definitively that I'm not going to get eaten by a crocodile on this beach. And they're like, well, you you know, sometimes they're in the water. Sometimes I'm like, no, just stop. I can't. (laughs) I tried it on multiple people. In general, working at a private hospital as a lactation consultant I can't tell you how much it makes me realize I don't want to midwife anymore. Oh, really? Okay, there you when, go. When I'm midwifing at, at yeah. the public hospital, the end of the shift, I'm mad. I'm stressed. I'm mad. I'm tired. I'm over it. I'm emotionally spent. But I'll be busy at the private hospital. Like, I'm sometimes there till 6, 6.30 yeah. at night, especially on a Friday, because I'm the only LC on a Friday. But I feel busy, but I don't feel stressed. It's good to know there are options. You know what I mean? I think a lot of midwives don't take a different path because they, midwifery is such a, you know, it's a profession that the reaction that people give you when you say, I'm a midwife, they go, oh, that's an amazing job. And you, you feel quite proud of being a midwife. Do you find that because you're working at a
2: private hospital and the a longer that you feel that you have, more time and able to have an awake baby to help with latching rather than a public hospital in that sort of first sleepy baby 24 hours.
0: Yeah, and you you also, the advantage that I have is that if I see someone on day two, three days later, I've, I've already seen them on day four and day five, I've watched the baby go from being super sleepy, being normal, not latching, kind of sucking, kind of not, to like, oh, now your milk's in, or now your baby's fussy because your milk is in.
2: Private hospitals don't do DOM, do they?
0: They don't do DOM,
1: but with the private hospital where I worked in Tassie, they could they could have an outpatient with the LCs, so for feeding issues. So they yeah. could see the LCs, and then they would go and see their
0: doctor, I think, for like the six-week the six appointment. We can see a baby up to a year in our hospital as an outpatient for lactation services. That's a big, that's a huge amount of time. It's yeah. so
1: hard because definitely Good. private has got its pros for things like that. And then obviously it's got the cons.
2: Public hospitals are only doing one dog visit now,
0: apparently. Not, not my public hospital. We do
2: one or two of them have been doing it.
0: Yeah. So regardless if you're a
2: primie, it's... wait, okay?
0: I just sort of
1: segue. I read this post. And this Facebook group, I mean, and it was like by someone who's a student and they, they were like, oh, I'm, I was on placement and then something happened and a doctor shouted her or whatever. And then she went into like the office and was crying and then she's like, oh, and then one of the nurses was like to me, oh, you need to stop crying and you'll never make it as a nurse if you cry all the time. Because when you're a grad, everything is
0: so overwhelming. And plus, can I just say, in a private hospital, when patients leave and they give the midwife something, like, you yeah. know, something tasty, I'm just putting it out there. But private patients, man, you get the goods. Man, you get macaroons, macaroons, beautiful donuts from, like, this beautiful place on Gertrude Street and beautiful cookies and handmade cakes and handmade brownies, organic this. I'm like, this is the best. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> compared to the box of favorites not knocking it but not knocking the favorites the favorites are great <laughs> like i i love a, a mixed dozen of crunchies and cherry ripes and stuff like that i'm all for that but man once you get given one of these macaroons from that italian bakery oh man can't go back so good i'm so smart man i don't get job for the gifts do it I do. Yeah. What the fuck are you
1: girls talking about? I love the kids.
2: Oh, gifts. come on, man. You I mean you get to walk around in high heels every day. It's
0: high heels? No, I don't wear heels. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, w- I would, but I think I'd get a lot of flack for it. <laughs> you know what, Penny? I just wanted to ask you, are maternal child health nurses, like, do you find that you get a lot of differences between how people say things, how they give out information to women and what women are being told by different maternal child health nurses because I have lately had a lot of issues with women being told certain things by MCHNs that are 100% the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. And I keep hearing similar stories from women. How can we get consistency with you with all of maternal child health? We're supposed to be consistent because
2: we're supposed to follow Raising Children and the Better Health Channel for our, and RCH for our information. It's right. unfortunately that different nurses train, I guess, through the different age ranges. And although they might have some hints and tips, you know, that have worked really well, you know, up to standards these days is a little bit different. And it could also depend on, I guess, what the woman is receiving so like the blanket things we should all be on the same page because that's what we're taught and that's what we do in services on but isn't that like
1: everywhere like how women say oh you know I've been
0: told like five different things by all these different midwives when they leave the hospital Mm -hmm. system and they're in the community and they have this one person saying something to them and then they end up in my office as an outpatient and then they tell me what they've been told and I'm like what?
2: Like, is that regards to breastfeeding or just normal newborn? Mainly feeding. Yeah. I think that's one thing that is we do struggle with. Like I know mm. one of the bigger places that I worked for, we had specialised LCs. Yeah. But the other place that I work for is sort of a nurse midwife who is not sort of LC trained. Yeah. So... And I think other counselors don't actually have like a breastfeeding on call. It's sort of a drop-in support thing. So that's yeah. sometimes where the information can get a bit misled. Like I had a client today that is fully exclusive breastfeeding. as she came in and she said, oh, I'm so worried that, you know, maybe he's having a little bit of a posit. Nurse terms for a little bit of a chuck, vomiting. She says, I'm worried I'm overfeeding my baby. And I said, how can you overfeed your baby? You literally have to put your hand on your breast to stop feeding your baby. And the baby put on a good amount of weight. She's like, oh, someone told me that I can overfeed my baby when I'm breastfeeding. And I was like, no, lovely. <laughs> no, like what? You just say, no, turn off the milk supply, turn off the tap. Sorry, you can't feed and yeah anymore. So, so yeah, we do need to be a bit more trained in breastfeeding. I. Mm. I guess it's hard because sometimes we have a lot to unpack in that 45-minute consult. So we do try to refer on to our LCs. Yeah. Yeah, we should be all on the same page. We should. Something we can work on. (laughs) I guess it depends on what's happening with the information because there's some nurses that are very, you know, this is how it's done, X, Mm. Y, Z. And you've got to think about how you take that approach because if you go X, Y, Z woman's got to be be like no stuff you you don't know what you're talking about and not come back
0: yeah exactly
1: i saw this so i shared it on my facebook page but i had never heard of this it was basically someone had made this post it was another midwifery group saying how you used to be able to get a blood test so if you were a negative Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. You could get a blood test to find out your baby's blood, see if you needed anti-D or not. But now whoever used to run this blood test is scrapping it. And I was like, what? Like, did you even know that was an option? Well, how do they do that? Is that through an amnio? Because didn't the picture show a needle? No, it's just by testing. It's just a blood test. It's just by testing. They don't need to do an amnio. It's just like a straightforward blood test. So somehow from that blood test, just drawing blood in the usual way, they can work out what the baby's blood group is. Blood from the mum. Yeah, drawing blood from the the Mm.
0: mum.
1: So obviously if the babies are negative and mums are negative, like you don't need to have anti-D. But obviously normally we don't see this until after they're born. But if you could do this antenatally, then you wouldn't need to have anti-D at 28 and 34. Well, and surely if it's about money, surely that blood test is going to cost less than us giving an unnecessary blood product. Yeah. It's perfect future. Future. But only if the baby's positive. Like if the baby's negative, it's irrelevant. You don't need. How would you test that though? No, but that's what I'm saying. They, they used to do a blood test. Like just from the mum, they could do it. You know, when there's a car accident and they check if the
2: baby's blood and mum's blood is mixed, is that similar to how they would do it?
1: I'm guessing so. But even if there'd been an accident, often they would do the test and see how many feeding cells are in the blood to determine how much antidote to give. Yes, I don't know. Like there must be, obviously there's some way because they used to do it, but now they're not doing it. Yeah. But so it blew my mind. I was like, well, how are there all these things out there that seem so smart?
0: Maybe it's something that's not evidence-based or peer-reviewed or maybe it's more anecdotal. I feel like in most things in the world, it always
1: comes down to money and cost. I don't know how much blood tests cost. But it seems to me one blood test is going to be cheaper than giving a blood All test. that
0: blood product that you have um, to yeah. have
2: there. Too. Yeah. yeah. Would you still do the baby's blood though, I guess, I mean, why would you need
1: to? Why would you need to? If they've already determined what the blood type is, I guess you could, but then she wouldn't have had the anti-D throughout pregnancy. Like that's what they were saying. Same as when you've got a dad who's a negative and a mum who's a negative. Sometimes mums are just like, no, because how am I going to have a positive baby? So where we previously used to work, we would always test every baby's blood, regardless. Even if the parents have both said, we're both negative, we would always just test it. When I worked down in Tassie, the place they were, if both the parents said they were negative, often they would say, oh, you don't need to test the baby's blood. And I'm like, really? Because one time I remember taking the blood and the dad had said to me, oh, why are you taking the blood? And I said, oh, well, just testing the blood type because, you know, mum's a negative. And he said, oh, I'm a negative too. And I said, oh, well, then the baby will be negative. Yeah, it will be. Anyway, we get the test back and the baby's a positive. who that conversation like what how does that work no it's not possible so obviously that means he wasn't the father but didn't know what a way to find out that your baby's not yours right they should make a move since that happened I'm kind of always more leaning on the side of always testing every baby regardless of what the parents are because it's, I mean, you don't even have to prick the baby. So it's not even an invasive procedure. And even if the parents are saying they're both negative, well, I don't know. In my experience, people don't always tell the truth. That's such an
2: ethical dilemma.
1: Okay, little ethical dilemma for you. If you were coming home and you saw a car accident, would you... I mean, most people would stop, but would you kind of, because, you know, you're medically trained, would you put your hand up and be like, I'm a nurse? I mean, you're not really a nurse, Laura, but, you know, (laughs) would you you have some knowledge, you know what I mean? Would you be like, I'm medically trained, I can help. Like, what do you need assistance?
0: I stopped because I'm CPR trained. If I was a first, and I consider myself a first responder because of some of my training, I would stop. And I would say I'm CPR trained. I wouldn't tell them my credentials. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a midwife. If I stopped and someone was on the side of the road, pushing a baby out and the dad was freaking out, you know, and they're saying the ambulance is on the way, I'd be like, that's okay. Calm down. Get me this. I'm actually a midwife. I can help you. Yeah, That's different. But if it's a, if it's a random accident, I would just be like, I, I can be a first responder because If I say I'm a midwife, people are like, okay, what the fuck are you going to do for me then? I don't have a baby on board. They (laughs) just just assume I'm a nurse and I'm not a nurse. If you can see it and you can see that it's a really bad crash, that's different. But most people just hit the back of each other. I mean, you can't do anything for someone who has whiplash, can you? you got to think about the legality of it too. Because it's it's not, you know what, even if we're first aid trained, we're not trauma trained. I tell you what,
1: today when I got my black so. I actually quite, when I'm the person taking bloods, I quite like taking bloods and seeing those tubes full of blood. Like it feels satisfying. But when I have to have my own bloods taken, like I literally can't even look at it. Do you? Oh, I look like, at it. I'm that creepy kid who looks at the oh, needle. You know, I can't even. Like it makes me feel <laughs> ill. Like it makes me feel sick. And I've only got one good vein. So I said to nurse, I was like, I've got one good vein. It's right there. But I find it so weird because I can take bloods and I enjoy taking bloods and I get satisfied seeing that tube fill up. But when it's being
0: done to me, I can't look at it. Because when you're taking them, you've got control. But when someone's doing it Mm -hmm. to you, you're giving up your control of your body to them and you don't trust them, but you trust yourself. Yeah, well, that's what we do best, really. We'll have a really interesting topic next time. We can talk about abortion and healthcare. 100% 100%
1: we should we should be talking about it I hope you have enjoyed us talking a bunch of trash about nothing really give us a follow give us a like give us a rating head on view podcast I always forget what I handle is <laughs> all right I'm
0: out bye bye bye
2: until the next episode it's time to
0: boot this baby home
1: I didn't know it was still recording.